0: Song of Solomon, will you go there? Well, let me, before you go there, let me just kind of share you another uh, passage that this, this wisest man Solomon wrote. Solomon wrote uh, in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18 and 19. Uh, he, he writes, uh, champions, would you read that with me like you know it is the word of his power? Let's read it together now. There are three things that amaze me. No, four things that I don't understand. So Solomon's saying there are three things. I'm fully persuaded that I don't, that amaze me. And the things that, amaze, that I don't understand, they really amaze me. So not only are there three, but there are four things. So he thought about the fourth thing that amazes him and that he does not understand. And let's go to verse nine, uh, 19. Let's read it together. Now, how an eagle glides through the, how a snake slithers on a rock how a ship navigates the ocean. And get this, how a man loves a woman. Solomon says, I don't understand how a man can love a woman. What is it that causes a man and a woman to be attracted to one another that they could fall in love? I don't understand it. That's what Solomon said. I don't understand it. Now, now here is a man who has a thousand women in his harem. And by the end of his life, he is essentially saying, I don't have a clue what causes a man and a woman to fall in love. Now, how many know you can have so much of something that you can be numb to what you have? He says, I don't don't understand. I don't have a clue. I don't understand it. I don't have a clue. And so Solomon didn't understand the difference between sensuous, sensuous love and true love. But the Bible does give us a detailed account of the relationships of Solomon in the book Song of Solomon. It gives us a a, a picture into his relationships. Now, it's important that I want you to uh, know here that Solomon uh, was involved in a love triangle, and it's important to be reminded when you read the book of Psalm, when you read Song of Solomon. It's important that you do know that it does not give a chronological story. And so it's a romantic relationship and there are snapshots of it, but the pictures are not put in sequential or chronological order. But I want to take it and put it into order for you because some things that are in chapter five uh, could be in chapter one. And so as we look at this this morning, I want you to open up your heart and, uh, and, and begin to uh, receive this Uh, Amazing uh, picture of what it takes to really have true love in relationship. It's a fascinating story in Song of Solomon. It is a story that involves three people. It involves a young, beautiful girl. Secondly, it involves a young shepherd boy. And then it involves a rich, powerful king. And these three characters, these three people that are in this story, we recognize that the girl is in love with the shepherd boy. And King Solomon, who is rich and powerful, what he does is he travels uh, to begin to look at his uh, vineyard. And as he travels, he began to uh, uh, check out the, um, the, 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 his crop and see exactly how they're coming along. And so in uh, uh, Song of Solomon chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Champions, I want you to read that with me. Like, you know, some of them I'm going to ask you to read and some of them I need to read by myself. Let's read it. Chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Let's read it together. Now, one day I went strolling through the orchard, looking for signs of spring, looking for buds about to burst into flowers, anticipating readiness, ripeness. Before I knew it, my heart was raptured, carried away by lofty thoughts. Now, when, when Solomon sees this woman, this girl, beautiful girl, he's overtaken by her physical beauty and, and he begins to pursue her aggressively. He, and then he brings her into his palace because that was the power of a king. And that is where we read in chapter 1. For she is sitting among the women, and they are all waiting for Solomon to come in. And so this young girl, she's caught in the middle of a story that she never expected to, to live in. She's caught in the middle of a picture of the kind of life she could have if she married for wealth, if she marries for richness, if she marries for money. And she's caught in the middle of the kind of life she could have and how she could be fulfilled if she marries for love. Solomon has her in her harem. And, 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 and he is uh, uh, really about to come in. And the real question today is that all of us have had to make that decision at some point in life. Now, you may not have got the opportunity to make the decision. Do I marry for love? Or do I marry for money? But you made the decision, do I marry or do I enter into a relationship or date someone because of their physical looks? Or I date them because of that person? And so all of us have had to come with that type of decision in our lives. And so if you're single, if you are faced, you are faced with that decision today, do you fall in love with the feeling or do you fall in love with the person? That's good right there. Do you fall in love with the feeling or do you fall in love with the person? Hmm. And when we look at that and we begin to consider that, Solomon's position and his wealth, it gave him uh, some access to the most beautiful and the desirable women that were in uh, the country at that time. And so in chapter one, uh, he, she is uh, camped in um, King uh, in uh, Solomon's uh, palace, and, and the Bible describes her as a darkened by the sun and very beautiful. And so, while Solomon is whining and dining her, she is thinking about the boy that she loves, and she wants to leave the palace, leave the wealth, leave the richness, and the money, and the opulence just to find that shepherd boy that's in the fields who she's fallen in love with oh my god and so in song of solomon he tells her how beautiful she is he tells her over and over and over again how beautiful oh you're so beautiful how many of you know that sometimes you can say that and somebody's head will swell up but this lady this young woman had wisdom beyond her years and so in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, I want to show you what he's, his wrap, his mat that he's laying down on her. Check this out in Song of Solomon, chapter 7. I'm going to read this. <laughs> oh, how beautiful you are. How pleasing, my love. How full of delights. You are slender like a palm tree, and your breasts are like its clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like grape clusters and the fragrance of your breath like apples. May your kisses be as exciting as the best wine flowing gently over lips and teeth. Solomon was talking about her physical beauty. And he was attracted to her physical appearance. And he believed that she had the perfect body to satisfy his needs. And in other words, if the song of Solomon had a song, it would be by the Commodores. She's a brick house. 36, 24, 30. What a winning hand. That would be his song. That would be his song. Oh, I love it a winning hand and so he thought about how much he could enjoy her physically now Solomon already has a hundred more than a hundred and forty women and notice this he keeps rapping because she's not falling for her line for his lines you know I heard somebody say "Ooh, you must be so tired he was he, was, he went up and started trying to rap to a lady he said, "Ooh, you must be so tired And she said, what do you mean? Because you just keep running back and forth in my mind. What kind of lame rap that is. I mean, guys, desperate. They try anything, huh? You keep running back and forth in my mind. So he's got 140 women at this time. Look at this in chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. Look at this. Look at this. He says, even among 60 queens and 80 concubines, and notice this, and countless young women, I would still choose my dove, my perfect one. See, this is the same line that dudes are using today. (laughs) Baby, she doesn't mean anything to me. You're the one I really want. You're the one I love. No, baby, it's going to be different with you because I've been looking for you all my life. You are the one that I love. I mean, and boy, women are falling for that same line that Solomon's been using throughout the decades and the centuries. What's interesting is Solomon didn't spend time at all getting to know her. He just fell in love with how she looked. And how she would make him feel. Solomon fell in love with a feeling rather than a person. But let's contrast Solomon's rap to the young shepherd boy's rap. The shepherd boy, he tells this beautiful young girl how he feels. And how he fell in love with her. Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 5. Come on, let's read that together now. I found you under the apple tree. And woke you up to love. Your mother went into labor under that tree. And under that very tree she bore you. Isn't that interesting? How did he know her mother went into labor under that tree? How did he know that she was born under that tree? You know how? He spent time talking to her. He spent time getting to know her. He spent time understanding her and this shepherd boy he took the time to develop an emotional relationship a heart-to-heart relationship by knowing her rather than a physical attraction and what's interesting uh, to that is that by spending this time getting to know her then there were uh, there was a connection that they were making that was beyond a physical connection Because how many of you know that over time, at some point in your life, your physical appearance will change? How many of you know that you don't look like you did 20 years ago? You don't look like you did 10 years ago. How many of you know that uh, how you look today, you're going to look different in 10 years, in 20 years, and in 30 years? And if people are falling in, in love with the feeling, with how you look today... Rather than falling in love with you, they'll get out of your box and then climb over into somebody else's box. That's why, mm, I won't say that. That's why you have people that marry for 30 years and then they leave the one they married and go find a younger man or a 20-year-old. Or tw- Why? It's because they're calling out of boxes. They fell in love with the feeling rather than the person. But over time, your physical appearance, appearance will change. And so somebody that's telling you how fine you are, how good looking you are, but never spends the time to know you. Someone's telling you, prove your love to me, and not uh, demonstrating how much they love you, that they're falling in love with the feeling rather than the person. And physical appearances will change. You know what? When I, when I was, this is a picture of me in the first grade. And I was so conservative. I had a white shirt on in the first grade, buttoned up to the top. Hey. And I was so good looking. They would say, oh, he's got so dimples in his cheeks. He's so cute. And, and there's a first grade teacher I had. And man, I just, man, she was so sweet to me. I love Miss, Miss Norris. I, she just, she said, say, oh, he's just got such pretty uh, dimples. And she would like... Um, encouraged me you know, or what I could be because I was insecure at some uh, going up. And she was like saying, you know, you're doing a great work. You're you're, you're, you're you, you, you this and that. And it was such an encouragement uh, to me. But I look back at that and I was pretty good looking then. <laughs> but I grew up and this is me in high school. And I know you thought I, I did not have hair. But this is not the biggest afro I had. I had a huge afro, but I cut it down a little bit, you know. And, but, but this is me in high school. And, and I kind of changed a little bit, not as conservative. My physical appearance don't look the same. That uh, That's a real tie I have on, but rather than put it behind the knot, I, I wanted to be stylish. <laughs> and just flipped it over. And rather than wear a white shirt, I had a psychedelic shirt. That's where it's at, psychedelic. And I I was different. So you can see how I changed throughout the years. My physical appearance changed. Till till even now in high school, I, I don't look like I look now because see, this is really how I look now. Woo! And I don't look like I did in high school. I don't look like I did when I was in the first grade. But boy, that boy sure do look good today. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how God just rolled back the hands of time for me that I look like my first grade picture again? Thank you for that encouragement. (laughs) So, So what's interesting, though, is that what we recognize is that if you fall in love with a feeling, if you fall in love how someone looks, and rather than the person, over time, then it will, it will cause the relationship to begin to drift. And as a result of that, the individual is no longer looking at the person, they're looking at what the person looks like. So this, this young uh, boy, he began to uh, tell her how much he loved her. He spent time talking with her. He spent time getting to know her. He spent time understanding her. And she also spent time talking to him. She spent time getting to know him. She spent time understanding him. And so she is sitting among the other young unmarried women in Solomon's palace. And they're all waiting on Solomon to come. And they are trying to convince her to stay. But she's trying to leave to go find the one she loves. You know what they tell her in chapter 2 verse 7? They say this to her, don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. What they're saying to her is, don't force love. Give Solomon time. Don't feel like you have to feel about him what you feel about this young boy. No, give him time. Uh, Don't stir it up. Just let it sit and bake. And over time, you'll fall in love with him. And that's what they're telling her. And, 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 and this woman can understand why they are telling her this. And they can understand why she wants to leave a kingdom to go spend a lifetime with a shepherd boy. And so in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 5, verse 9, they ask her this question. Now, I want you to read that with me together now. What's so great about your lover, fair lady? What's so special about him that you beg for our help? They were begging. She was begging them to leave. She said, I need you to help me to leave. There's so many people in here that if I leave, maybe he won't notice me. And they're saying, so what's so special about this guy? What's so special uh, 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 about him that you want to leave? But not only do you want to leave, you want us to help you leave. And we can get in trouble for helping you leave. What's so special about him? And if you read that particular passage... She says these words, particularly in the Message Bible. He's one in a million. She says these, she, she talks about how he looks, but she talks about how he honors her, how he respects her. She talks about his character. And when she talks about him like that, then they began to understand somewhat as to what she was referring to. And you know what? She leaves the palace. She gets out and, and, and she runs to try to find the one she loves. And notice this. In chapter 8, verse 5, we read it early. He says, who, who is this I see coming up from the country arm in arm with a lover, with her lover? And then he says that I found you under the apple tree. That's what we saw earlier. And I woke you up to love. He woke her up to love. He saw her under the apple tree and he woke her up to love wow. by getting to know her, by talking to her, by understanding her. He told her that your mother went into labor under this tree and under this very tree that you were born. The place where she was born, the place where her mother went into labor is the place where love woke up inside of her. Verse six, he tells us this, hang my locket around your neck, wear my ring on your finger. Love is invisible facing danger and death. Love is invincible facing danger and death. In other words, that there is a love that's greater than death. And I'd rather pursue love rather than play it safe and live. Passion lost in in terror of hell. The fire love stops at nothing. She says it sweeps everything before it. Look at this. Flood waters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can't put it out. Love can't be bought And love can't be sold. So she's saying that, look, my love can't be bought with money. My love cannot be sold for any amount of money. She says that love is so powerful that it's more powerful than dangers and death. And she says that it can't be bought, it can't be sold, it can't be forced. Floodwaters can't drown it out. Rain can't put it out. And later in that particular passage, it talks about when she's, when she's left the palace and as she, as she goes, her brothers, as she grew up, were, were, were protective of her. And they says that if she is a, a wall, we will put barricade around it so that no one can climb over it. They were trying to protect her. But she came to a place where she said that, look, brothers, that I am still pure. I am still a, a wall. And you no longer have to protect me. For I have resisted a love from someone that's based on feeling and I am pursuing the true love that's based on knowing the person, understanding the person, understanding the character, the honor of a person and my heart was drawn to that and nothing can separate me from that love. And notice this, with all of Solomon's wealth, all of his power, he was the richest man but yet that did not persuade someone who had experienced true love